0: Got three people down there. The ball's up in the air. Caught! Touchdown! Caught by Westbrook for a touchdown. I think they like my Colorado sway. Cuz when I minute play, I don't really, I don't really know just how to aid and when no minute it go. You know I'm acting bad. Holly get a buzz with my Colorado sway. Welcome swag. in to the DNVR Buffs Podcast presented by the American Raptors. Uh, I'm Henry Chisholm, and today, more news. It's uh, it's every day that that happens. Makai um, Blackman going to USC. We knew that was in his final three, but uh, it is official. He's joining Brendan Rice with the Trojans next season. Um, not too much to say about that, but we'll get into that right off the bat. Uh, also, Chance Lytle, the tackle, is entering the transfer portal and uh we'll we'll talk about that as well. Um so so that's kind of the plan football wise and then uh, after the break we'll talk about this basketball game tomorrow. So Colorado is hosting USC on Thursday. It's a 5:30 tip, which is surprisingly early. I'm not sure why that is. But uh I want is, is it a national broadcast could be. If it's at 5:30, I don't know what the other reason is. Um but uh It's a big week for Buffs basketball. You know, we talk about win your home games, split your road games. Well, you've got two really good teams that are coming to Boulder. Uh, USC currently ranks 16th. At one point, they were top five in the country. Um, They've fallen just a little bit. Uh, Then, obviously, UCLA will be here over the weekend, Um, and then they're a top 10 team right now. Two really good teams. Uh, worth noting, Colorado won seven in a row against USC, so hopefully that magic continues. Uh, but we'll dig a little bit deeper into that game to wrap things up here. The, to to start off, though, like I said, Makai Blackman going to USC. I think it's a uh, – again, we talked about this yesterday a little bit, but if you're going into your senior year and you've got one year of eligibility, this Trojan team with Lincoln Riley, hey, I mean, you get the appeal, right? Like, sure, they they won four games last year and all that stuff. Um, but easy to see why he chose USC. I don't think we need to dig too deep, try to figure out what was going on in his head. Um, but I, I do think that, that he could be a pretty important piece of this team next year. As always with Makai, you know, health is the number one question. Like, is he able to stay on the field? Um, but then also, you know, how, how does he fit into this cornerback rotation? Um, I would guess. I think that he probably winds up number two on the depth chart, um, moving in to, to play the, the in the slot in the nickel packages. Um, that'd be my guess. I could see him being nickel only. Um, I could also see him being their best corner if they are struggling. They've got some young guys, but they're lacking experience. Um, so there's there's my read on the situation. I would guess that he's going to be... Uh, probably a starter. I'd say he probably starts and he has a better, better chance at doing that stuff than Brendan rice probably does just because Brendan is so raw and so young. Um, but who knows? I do think it's going to be interesting to see all of these guys really, and just how they compete when they're on teams that aren't Colorado. You know, when Brendan rice is at CU, he's the best receiver when he leaves. What is he? I'm not really sure. Um, so it'll be fun to see, you know, Makai Blackman, one of their three best defensive players last year. What does that mean in terms of how he fits into this U- USC team next year? I'm not sure, but we're going to figure it out. Um, same thing with Mark Perry at TCU. You know, I was a little bit surprised that that he wound up playing at a power five school, Um so, I mean what what does that look like is is he a starter there if he is a starter, is he an important starter? If he's not a starter, is he at least rotating in um so so all these things will kind of help us figure out where c u fits in um because I mean the truth is, if you wind up in a situation where Brendan Rice and Makai Blackman and all these guys they don't even crack the rotation, that would that would really be a tough look for Colorado, right? Like, your, your best players aren't even seeing the field at other schools, your rival schools. Um, so, again, interesting to see what, what Makai will do at USC. I'm, I'm excited for him. Um, always been uh, fun to talk to, all that kind of stuff. So, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, like I mentioned, Chance Lytle an- entered the transfer portal today, mostly played tackle, played guard at points. Um you remember he he broke his leg in the 2020 season kind of a lengthy return from that gets back next year or, or last year sorry and uh doesn't see the field all that much um i i don't think that he was going to factor into the rotation on the offensive line this season um i i think that this is a situation where hey you potentially you're getting Tommy Brown the guard from Alabama who's in the transfer portal and obviously, like, it isn't as simple as, well, chance left today. Tommy Brown goes or joins the team tomorrow if that's what happens. Um, but, you know, it, it does kind of ease that blow a little bit and make you think, well, you know, you, there's, there's one position that's solidified, right? Tommy's going to take one of these jobs. You've got Casey Roddick, who's probably going to take another. Um, Frank Phillip is probably going to take one of those tackle spots. So then so then you have three of those jobs solidified. Uh, Tommy can play guard, has the size to play tackle. I'm not sure where exactly he fits in. Um, but, you know, you, you got Noah Fenske out of the transfer portal last year from Iowa. This year, you would hope he's ready to contribute. You know, Jake Wiley started at left tackle all season last year. And for the most part, honestly, he struggled. But he was also a freshman, so you can't be too surprised by that you know they they're not to the point where you say yep they've got enough talent like they've they've got the talent they'll they'll get five guys good enough to be out on the field uh they they're they're not quite there yet they they probably need at least one more from the portal um and then when you start factoring in injuries and that sort of stuff you probably want Tommy plus two more and that's assuming you get Tommy if you don't get Tommy well you really got some work to do um there are some younger players uh Josh Gines played pretty limited snaps last year. Was this? He played eight snaps last year. Um mostly plays center, can play guard too. Um you had uh who else was he oh Austin Johnson at center was out there um for 23 snaps. You know, you got some of these guys who have been kind of sitting in the shadows biding their time. And and you never know which of those will pop either. So again, offensive line's still a work in progress. We're not all that close, I don't think, to figuring out what it's going to look like. Because I mean you, you lose Colby Purcell, you lose Kari Kutch to graduation, and now Kanan Ray transfers out. And he was one of those guys who it's like, eh, I'm not sure if you're starting, but you would have you would have competed. And you know, to, to be honest, he's probably higher on the list than Chance Lytle was, um, and while losing Chance Lytle does mean, like, okay, there's one less guy competing, I do think that you can probably go to the portal and, and find somebody who can put up maybe just a little bit better fight. Um, obviously, wish him the best. Excited to see where he ends up, too. You know, these are these are all guys who got on the field for Colorado, started games at points for Colorado, I'm sure, it didn't always look pretty, but... It, it it does say at least something about CU's program when you see where these guys go and how they perform when they get there. Um so that's that's the trans- transfer stuff. Um I think that was all the big news from today. I don't think there was anything else that came out. Um like I said I do expect some Tommy Brown news uh coming in the next couple days. I also would say that you're probably you're probably not done seeing guys leave. Although, I'll kind of leave it at that. Um, so there we go. Uh, that wraps up football. We did that nice and quick. Wow, I'm, I'm proud of myself. And now we can move on to uh, talking about some basketball. First, though, Breckenridge Brewery is incredible. Uh, they uh, they make incredible beers. Like, there isn't too much more to it than that. Um, Monday. Monday I was up at uh, Ball Arena had some Breck beers up there because that's what you do when you're sitting in the ball arena watching hockey. You drink beer. Um, There's a lot of different varieties. Obviously, you can get the Strawberry Sky, Vanilla Porter, the Avalanche Amber Ale. I think the Christmas Ale is probably gone because it's been almost a month since Christmas. That's crazy. It feels like it was yesterday. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's Brackenridge Brewery. They do great stuff. They are actually donating 1% of their profits to the National Parks Conservation Association. We love when people do things like that. So uh, get down there and support them because they support us. Also, DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, if you didn't get in on the awesome offer they had last week, they actually have a pretty similar offer this week. Uh, so if you're a new customer... You can bet $5 on any playoff game this weekend. Get $280 in free bets if your team wins. It's 56 to 1 odds. It's a great deal. And remember, DraftKings Sportsbook. It's an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Um, they're the highest rated sports book in the United States. So get in with them. Uh, If you're not a new customer and you can't take advantage of that, they still have a whole bunch of awesome things you can do, like the same game parlays, like the boost that they have for every game. There was a good boost that I got in on. Um, Oh, that wasn't a boost, now that I think of it. It was just plus 140. It was a special, not a boost. Um, But it was like 12 catches between Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro combined. And they did it easily um, because that's who the Raiders throw the ball to. So, And like I said, plus 140. So that means you bet $10, it, you win $14. So you turn $10 into $24. It's a great deal. Um, and it's only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR and get... 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. The reason, again, I didn't say this, but uh, it's because we're counting down to Super Bowl 56. Um, bet $5, win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code DNVR for 56 to 1 odds uh, at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So, like I said, big week for Colorado basketball. Um, Got to win your home games. That's just the way it works. And these are two of the toughest home games. I think there are, are there three Pac-12 teams ranked. It might just be Arizona, USC, and UCLA. Um I might be totally blanking on somebody, but I believe that's it. I don't think Oregon got in just cuz they started so slow. So, yeah. Um you have two of the three best teams according to the voters in the Pac-12 coming to your gym this week. Um we saw we saw the Buffs play UCLA already this season. Um we'll talk more about that on Friday before that game over the weekend and it didn't go well. You'll remember that. Uh, the the bus really struggled. They couldn't get much going. I think they had a, a good little run in them, but by the end, it, it kind of tailed off. Um, like I said, we'll, we're going to talk more about that game over on Friday, but I do want to say it. This is a very different team since then, and so it'll be interesting to see if you can tell the growth just because you have that month in between. Month plus. No, about a month in between. Um, but the USC game... You know this is this is the only time that you play them this season and you're probably lucky right if if you're if there's two teams that you only play once because of the 20 game schedule this is probably one of the teams that you would probably only want to play once um they the they're a good team you get them in your home gym you got to take advantage of opportunities like this on top of that this was a rough weekend for for USC and UCLA, uh, they were at home against the Oregon teams, and Oregon, like the the Ducks, swept them and knocked them way down the rankings. They they were seen as better than this, uh, b- before this week, um, on top of that, USC started what was I think it was thirteen and zero, and then they lost to Stanford and lost to Oregon. Uh, in between there they played Oregon State um and that was they were down they were down by 10 points in the second half of that game so as USC 13 and 0 start it has really tailed off recently um and i i mean again it all that matters is whether you beat them or not but it does feel nice to have them look like they're slipping just a little bit right now um because you can go in there and get that win over number 16 potentially And and build off of that, Um, it's a challenge for sure. You know, we we just saw that Arizona game, and for about ten minutes of that game, Colorado absolutely belonged and competed. And I mean, I played him; it was like an eighteen to seven run. But there's there's more that needs to be done. You know, you got to play the full 40 minute game against a team like USC, and that's going to be the big challenge. USC had a COVID pause. And that's really where they fell off Um, the four games since they've, they've really struggled specifically on the defensive end. That's something that Andy Enfield, the the coach has emphasized this week is that they need to play much better defense and and in practice focus on, on defensive drills and do those sorts of things just to get themselves back into, into the mix, like back to, back to what they were doing before. Yeah. that if it happens then colorado is going to be in a tough spot because the truth is usc is a little bit more experienced and it probably probably just a better team as it is right now but i mean not maybe not right now i guess that's a big question um 2 3 weeks ago yeah probably but right now i'm curious um the the, the bench has really struggled uh, that that front line for them has has been solid. They have good talent there. Um, um, I mean, what they they lost Evan Mobley uh, last year. He was to see the number three pick to the Cavs, and now he's the favorite twin Rookie of the Year. Um, massive loss there. Uh, they lost Taj Eddy as well, um, who was their number two scorer behind Evan Mobley last year, and now Isaiah Mobley his brother and you remember like their dad is also an assistant coach and that's part of how they recruited him and all that kind of stuff but Isaiah Mobley is still there he's their leading scorer he's another big he's he's scoring at almost a 50% clip in the post um, that is that is kind of the first thing you look at um, the rest of the front court is also talented, though. Um, Chavez Goodwin, he's coming off a bit of a rough stretch in these past few games, like a lot of them are. Uh, but he's their second leading scorer, shooting sixty-four percent from the field. Um, again, like I said, it's it's cooled off a little bit. Um, he, let's see, he he, oh, it's not it didn't cool off as much as I thought. Uh, I guess against Oregon, it was a little bit rough. He only scored seven points, um, three of six shooting, but. That's where you really look with this team is in the post for their scoring, and what does that mean for Colorado? I mean, Evan Batty got to be that defensive anchor against these guys. You know, I guess Chavez is only six foot nine, Mobley six foot ten. They're not freaky long. I mean, they're they're huge guys, but in the grand scheme of high level college basketball, it's not not the biggest front court. Um, I think that Evan. You just want to keep him away from the rim, right? Be big, be stout, um, and then Jabari—the way that he guards—is going to be interesting. Um, He—he's more of your rim protector type, and not so much. I, I think that's more his strength than just one-on-one matchup and, and play defense. Um, you'd guess that Batty will get Mobley, and then Jabari probably gets Goodwin. Uh, but you know, this is this is a. Long lineup for USC. They start another six foot nine forward, um, and, and honestly, I think that plays into Colorado's strength right now. Like as mu- as much as you say, like yeah, they can go big, they can go small. Right now, I want Tristan De Silva and Evan Batty and Jabari Walker out there, and and I think that they all have defensive matchups that you probably like. Um, Boogie Ellis still around the guard. 6'3", junior, um, third leading score on the team at 12.6. Um, the front court is really what you are, are scared of if you're Colorado. And specifically, I mean, it's just those loss and lovering minutes, right? Like when, when it's his turn to go in there and defend and, and try to go toe-to-toe with some of the, the most talented bigs in the Pac-12, what happens? And I don't know the answer to that. You know, I, I think that you probably expect some fouls. Um, maybe he does get burned. Maybe he gets beat for some rebounds. But this is a big game for him, I think, because this is this is a game where you know Tad has said that that when you play a team like USC, that's when you see a lot of of guys like Lawson Lovering, just because you need that size and that sort of length. Um, can he provide defense? And also potentially scoring. You know, like I said, he's going to have a couple inches on these guys. He's giving up some athleticism for sure. Um, But if you can keep him off balance and get some shots up, there's a chance that he could make something happen as well. Um, But really, these front court matchups are, in my opinion, what it's going to be all about. And, you know, I I think that those guards for USC, they're not great three-point shooters. Um, the team as a whole isn't a great three-point shooting team. Uh, I think that that's probably the other spot I look at is who's able to shoot better because the buffs have been able to shoot pretty well at home for the most part this season. Um, you have USC not a great shooting team coming to Boulder not not playing where they're used to playing. if you can hold your own, let's just say like points in the paint is how we're gonna measure that you know the, the these bigs matching up against each other if you can hold your own, In the paint and and wind up matching their production in the paint, then that kind of shifts the balance toward this three point shooting. And I think that that is an area where Colorado can beat them. Now you don't, you don't love banking on that, given that we've seen the streaking this from uh, CU so far this season, but it could be a lot worse. It could be a lot worse. Um, those are probably the two big things that I expect this game to come down from in terms of what I'm looking for individually. Um, you know, these guards, these guards, I think are just kind of the big question marks at this point. Um, I think that, that unless things get drastically different, you know, unless KJ or Julian really, really tears th- things up and, and, Keyshawn really, really struggles. Keyshawn's going to be your starting point guard this season. Um, I, I think that it would it would take weeks of struggles for Keyshawn, as well as some really great play from KJ or Julian, either one of them, to, to cause Tad to kind of make that change. Um, I also think that the way that the minutes are distributed, that is very much up in the air. And I think that because Keyshawn seems pretty locked into that starting role, again, unless things get really, really rough for him, um, the, the battle is probably more on the bench side. You know, can Julian, can KJ show that they have a steady hand? You know, first thing is going to be avoiding turnovers. Second thing is going to be defense. And then the playmaking on offense. You know, are you able to keep the offense moving? Are you able to create shots for yourself? Um, you know, KJ, just with his mentality and his approach to the game of basketball, like the downhill, get to the rim, his baseline is just a little bit higher um, because he's attacking, he could get fouled, all these sorts of things. Sure, it can get ugly at times um, if, if those shots aren't falling, if it feels like he's throwing up prayers, if there's players to pass to and he's missing them and charging into double teams. Um, but there's just a little bit of pop there. And for Colorado, with an offense that can be a bit stagnant at times, it's easy to just say, okay, things aren't going well. KJ, go do something. And he can go do that. With Julian, you know, it's it's more, honestly, maybe even straight up just a more refined game. You know, the, the way that he's able to pass the ball, the way he's able to run the offense. Um, but is he ready to do that for for longer minutes is he ready to do that when he plays, you know, USC and UCLA in the top tiers or top tier teams in the conference? And if he is ready to do that, then he might be your first point guard off the bench. Um he, he might eat up some of those minutes from K or yeah, from KJ or potentially from Keyshawn as well. And if Keyshawn's minutes start dwindling a little bit, you wouldn't be too surprised, right? It, it was called a three-headed monster coming into the season. And we saw that it was mostly a two-headed monster. We didn't see all that much of Julian. But it does seem like Julian's role is just going to keep growing and growing at this point until KJ makes a claim for those minutes. You know, he he puts up 15, 18 points efficiently. Or, or Keyshawn gets back to what he was doing early on in the season. Um, still, though, to me the the most intriguing storyline with this team at the moment you know there's a there's a lot to be intrigued by right now though it's these guards and and this kind of battle that they have going for for playing time and to honestly potentially take control of this team next season um like I said I think Keyshawn probably holds on to this job for the year but who knows who knows uh from there I, I look at the bench guys you know, what, what can Neek do? What can Luke O'Brien do? This is where you need Luke O'Brien to be a big, strong, tough guy and get you some ugly boards, get you some stops, and play efficient offense, play within his role. You know, whether whether he, he gets a few fast break layups and winds up four or five on the night or whether his job is to take two shots and make them both. Um what really matters from him is going to be on the defensive end. And we've seen some good minutes from him recently. Um, and I'm excited to see him kind of grow. And, and again, this is a big game for just about everybody on the team. You're playing a very talented opponent. But for for Neek and Luke, um, I'm particularly keyed in because they, they've now been here. This is their second season. They should have these standards raised a little bit, and, and they should be able to keep up with these guys. Whereas, you know, when KJ gets out there, I expect there for a minute to be, you know, some defensive lapses, some mistakes on offense, just just moments where he needs to get himself into the game, get used to what's going on. Um, so I think i look there as well. And then, of course, Tristan Da Silva. he He has that huge, huge game against Washington, um, slows down, slows down against Arizona plays decent against Arizona state. Can he show up in, in a big game like this? It'd be exciting. And then of course, normal stuff, you know, Jabari is he Jabari does, is, is this a eight point night or a 20 point night from those sorts of things. Um, but, but that's kind of what I'm looking at in this first game. Um, I'm excited. I think the buffs have a real chance to pull something off and, uh, hopefully I'll see some of you guys up in Boulder. Um, and we'll, we'll we'll talk tomorrow. See you then.